while y'all standing, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for another day. Thank you for the opportunity to, to be in church, Lord, amongst other believers. And just thank you for allowing us to worship you. You are worthy this morning. We thank you so much for all that you've done. There's so many testimonies um, present this morning, and we just thank you for working in our lives. God, I pray that you bless your word as it goes forth, that you'd speak to our hearts. We want to be changed this morning. I pray for anybody here that may be lost, that, that might be looking. God, that you just speak, speak clearly to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can sit down. How y'all doing? My name is Brandon, like we've already discussed. Oh, man. Pastor Philip, I like this. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Where did he go? Got it taped up here. It's an awesome verse. Um, what an opportunity uh, to visit you guys. Thank y'all for having us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. And please, uh, you know, Brother Alex and his family's about to move. I know a little bit about what they're going to be facing. Keep them in your prayers. Reach out to them. Send them a message. Um, when you go from one culture to another, uh, you can feel alone. Um, and I know a little bit about that, the way we started out. And uh, it always helped when somebody sent a letter or, or a message or, or came and saw, you know, seen us on the mission field, and it just uh, it helped out a lot. So keep them in your prayers. And as they go down, my daughter, Christina, is coming up to go to school, so keep her in your prayers. Yes, she is going. She'll be battling a lot in the same way. Uh, she was born down in, in Mexico, raised in Mexico, and now she's going to be living up here. And y'all might not think that's a big deal, but it is. Uh, she's got two cultures going on inside her, and, and I know the kids, it's, it's kind of an odd thing to think about, but when you're raised in one place and that's home, and then all of a sudden you change uh, places, it can be difficult. So, you know, be praying for her as well as she uh, studies and, and tries to get a, a degree in child development, is that right? So she can keep going in the ministry, the kids' ministry, and just, you know, be praying for her, please. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to go to Ephesians 2. I didn't realize that was the, the VBS scriptures, but uh, it's some of my favorite. This is what I go to uh, when we go into new villages and into Mexico. So I'm going to treat this morning. I don't know. I know a lot, some of y'all, but a lot of y'all don't know. So I'm not going to assume by any stretch of the imagination that everybody here is saved. Uh, I don't mean that to be offensive, but... Um, I want, uh, I want to be clear, clear this morning. Um, and what I'm going to do is go through Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through, we'll see how far we get, probably verse 10. And uh, as we're talking, I wanted to share a little bit about my personal testimony. And um, I'm going to allude to that several times. And hopefully, in Jesus' name, God will speak to somebody's heart this morning. That's my intention that's my hope if somebody here does not know him that today is the day of salvation that's what i'm hoping for uh, because there's nothing more important nothing more important so let's read let's go ahead and read i'm gonna go read right through through verse 10 and then go back through it and and do some uh, commentary 
Verse 1 says, And you were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Verse 4, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, God stepped in. I'm sorry, that's my note. Verse 5, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Told you, Pastor Philip, them letters are jumping all over the place. I, I preach mainly in Spanish. I know y'all can tell by my accent that <laughs> uh, just a, last week we were in Mexico and uh, primarily preaching in Spanish. So looking at this in English is just usually the first service when we come out and speak. It's, it's kind of difficult because I'm seeing them differently, the words. But anyway, um, I love these verses. Uh, I see my life in these verses. I know some of you guys here, your testimonies, how God transformed your life. You see it as well. But I wanted to go through these. Uh, first, the first three verses, we just read them, talking about being dead in your trespasses and sins. And once you was, once walked, following the course of this world. It's interesting. Um, in Spanish, it doesn't say the course of this world. It actually says, siguiendo el corriente. It's actually talking about a current, like in a river, a strong current that everybody flows down, and it's just a normal, natural thing. And, and it really speaks to my heart, because that's the way I used to be. I was not raised in church. Um, and I, I was in you know, Alabama. My parents talked to me a little bit about God, but my dad didn't go to church. My mom didn't go to church. I didn't go to church. Uh, the thing that was really emphasized in my life was sports. Uh, baseball in particular, and from little bitty, my dad pushed me in sports, and uh, I'm thankful. Uh, we learned a ton of things that way, but not a lot about God. So when I got to a certain age, what did I do? Naturally, just like it says right here, you are by nature children of wrath. That's a pretty close relationship with sin right there. That is a, that is a tight relationship, children of wrath. So I want to start off by this morning. There's a, a doctrine called the depravity of man that I did not understand uh, until, I don't know, about 10, 12 years ago. But reading these verses and looking at it, you're not born halfway there. You're not born almost saved. You're not born, even though if you were raised in a Christian home like my kids, you know, a, a, a preacher once said, God has no grandchildren. He has sons and daughters. 
my kids, if they do not repent and believe in Jesus, be born again, they will not go to heaven just because they were born and raised on a mission field. Because everybody starts in the same place. Everybody. And this is a really excellent example or the, the, the way the Bible speaks to us saying in verse 3, among one whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. That's how we're born. That's where we start. I was raised in baseball, got to my teenage years, started drinking, started doing, you know, the things that teenagers do. Got a scholarship, went to junior college, played a couple years, and then went there, went to Alabama, roll tide. Any, oh, no? Okay, sorry. <laughs> got to college, and it was an incredible opportunity for my flesh to manifest. It was always there. Now, I was away from my parents. I was making my own decisions, and that was the decisions I made. Fornication, drinking, all, all these things, which are still sins today. I know the morality scale has moved quite a bit over the years, but sex out of marriage is still sin. And if you're practicing that, you're probably not saved. If that does not bother you, if there's no conviction, you're probably not born again. So listen to me this morning. Because being born again is no small thing. When I say this morning, you need to be saved. I am talking about a supernatural, recreative miracle of the Holy Spirit. And this is the thing. God wants to save. It's His desire that all men repent. That's what the Bible tells us this morning. I deserve wrath. I deserve hell. I should not be here this morning. All I did was wrong in school until the year 1997, which sounds like a long time ago. To me, it's not. But uh, I was not looking for God, y'all. It was my mama. It was my brother. He was praying for me. Um, I was in Tuscaloosa doing what I was doing and happy doing it. I was not at a bottom of the barrel experience like you know you hear a lot of people and God does work that way but I was not I was going on and we just finished baseball I was done with baseball did not get drafted I was happy though because I had reached my goal uh, we went to World Series twice and now I'm gonna get my degree and then start working the thing was though I was drinking so much and I had this lifestyle and I started to, well, try to change. I wanted to better my life. I wasn't thinking about God. I just, I can't drink like this. I want to make money. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to have the American dream. And I tried to st stop doing certain things. And I made, made, I made it for about two or three days, and I'd always go back. I felt this pressure. I felt this current following the course of the world, this current. You're not free. I was not free. What God did is he took the scales off my eyes. He, he let me see the chains that I'd always had, and it scared me to death. I was like, man, I don't have control over my life because I know what I want to do, but I can't do it. I know what I should do, but I can't consistently do it because I was following the, following the desires of my flesh. And you may be thinking, Brother Brian, I was raised in church. Again, 
you know, there was a group that came down a couple of years ago, and there was a, a, a girl living with us, and we were helping her out, and uh, she's, you know, I think she was basically raised in church. And I, I spoke to the group, and I was, you know, really hammering on being born again, because y'all, and you can take this however you want, it's rare. Man, I wish it wasn't. But if you, somebody that's born again, it's a special thing. I think we blanket it or we, we, we say, oh, that, you know, 200 saved here, 500,000 saved here. Are you born again? I'm talking about a rare thing here this morning. And I pray everybody is. But it really, truly is a rare thing. We don't want to look at it that way because it makes us nervous. We have kids. We hope they're born again. We hope they've seen a, a, a transformed life. And this girl stood up, you know, after I'd spoke to the this youth. And she said, you know, everybody's salvation experience is not going to look like yours. And I was like, I know that. Well, you know, if you're raised in church and you never did that, you're just not going to have that dramatic thing. And, and I got to thinking, it, just, it just didn't set right. And I got to thinking in John 3 about Nicodemus. Who was Nicodemus? He was the most religious. His morality probably blew most people's morality completely out of the water. And the Son of God looked him directly in the face and what did he say? You have to be born again. Now what that looks like may be different. But what we're talking about this morning is regeneration. Being renewed. Going from a child of wrath to a child of God. And that is a big deal. And it scares me that some people might think, well, if I change this and that and start going to church and do this and that, I'm, I'm good. Are you born again? Because if you're not, you're not forgiven. You still remain a child of wrath. Let's keep going here. Verse 4. You know, we just read, you know, the first three verses basically... Um, is bad news. It says you're following the course of the world. How do you know you're following the course of the world? Verse 3 says you're carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. That's what rules you, your flesh, your nature. Our, that's, that's what rules us. That's what we follow. Whatever we feel, we do. And that's what it is. There's no, there's no self-discipline. There's no um, crucifying the desires of the flesh. Whatever I feel, I do. And what's happened and has always happened, is man does not want to repent and submit to God. We want to keep that and be religious. So our churches fill up with unregenerated people. And we've got to be careful here. Look what it says. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, because that's where we start. That's what rules us, is our flesh. That's what we're drawn to, the world. If you talk like the world... And your desires of the world, you look like the world. And, and, you know, we come up here, we see snapshots over the years as we come up. We're in Mexico for a year or several months, and we come back to the States. And, you know, going back and forth over the years, we see things. Um, it's, a slow, it's a slow turning up here, maybe to you. But when we come up and then you see the churches, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them change. And to the people, it seems like a slow thing. But when we see it, it's like, wow, you know. It seems like, you know, the church is more worldly than it's ever been. 
and 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 I don't know. It's it's an observation that that, that happens, and when we go, you know, we we visit several people or churches in in Alabama, and it just blows your mind. Where is the desire to be different? Where is the desire to not follow the world? It's okay. We don't have to talk like the world. We don't have to be like the world. Where, where, where is that? Where is the, the Christian that leads, you know, in the schools? But it seems like now, you know, a lot of people, we want to look, we want to talk, we want to dress, we want to, you know, it's just the way the world does it, so we're just going to follow in line and do it. But that's not the way the Bible speaks or tells us what to do. So verse 4, thank you, Jesus, but God. You know, two words. We're, on, we're children of wrath. We're headed to hell. We're slaves of sin, but God. Um, God, in my own personal life, took the, the blindfold off. I could see my chains. I tried to change, could not change. Maybe there's people here, you're in the same boat. You know it's wrong, but you cannot change. This is amazing, how, what God has done. I, I, I remember for three weeks just being the most miserable human being, y'all. I was at the university, and I would just force myself to stay home. I'm not going out. I'm not going to do these things. And after three, four days, I felt this pressure to do those things, like I was missing out. And I would go. And then while I was there, whether it was a bar or a club or whatever, I would be the most miserable human being because there was conviction. There was a new conviction that I'd never had before. It just came out of nowhere. So I was miserable there, and I was miserable at my house. It was, I was just a miserable human being for about three weeks. And we had um, Thanksgiving break. Went home. Saw my mom, saw my brother, and they're looking at me like they could tell I was just beat up. I hadn't been sleeping and, you know, I didn't know what was going on. Really wasn't thinking about God still. I just wanted to change. I just wanted to be a better person. And um, my brother looked at me and said, you need God. And I was like, no, man, I don't. religion? I do not need religion. I want to change. And he's like, but Jesus will change you. And, uh, you know, in my mind, when, I, when he mentioned God or religion, I was thinking of a church that, we were, as a, a baseball team, they would present us at this church every year, and it was kind of a joke. Was, I don't know how many people go to this church, but it's huge. It was a couple thousand people, and we'd be up on a platform. And I remember looking out in the congregation, and I could see the people that I had been drinking with the night before. But now they're in their suit and tie and looking all holy. And, but it stuck in my mind, well, if I want to change, it's, no, ain't no church going to change me because these people are the same as I am. They're just a little more disciplined. They get up in the morning and go to church. And uh, it's good old boy religion, we call it in Alabama. Tailgate religion. A lot of it. I don't know if y'all have it here. Uh, but everybody goes to church just about in Alabama. And it's, 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 it's sort of sad. But anyway, um, I remember telling my brother, religion, I don't need religion. I need, I need change. And he's like, no, 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 no. You need Jesus. You need the living God. And I said, like, all right, he'll tell me. And he, and he witnessed to me. And uh, he's like, here, I'm going to give you a CD. Now, this is God's drawing me. I did not know it was God. The Holy Spirit has been working. Did not know it was the Holy Spirit. 
he had beat me down to the point where he was about to put the seed in me. It's just, I mean, looking back on it now, it is so amazing how little I had to do with this, y'all. If you leave today, I want you to know, I, you're looking at somebody that has done it the wrong way. You're looking at, I always say, that maybe the worst missionary in the history, history of missions. Because I have tried to screw this up, and God will not let me to him be the glory. I am so thankful that he saved me, that he, he hunted me down, that he drew me, that he got me into position. When I got in my truck, he gave me a CD. Y'all know who Third Day is? Back, you know, I don't even know if they still sing, but there was a song called Love Song. And it's uh, Jesus singing to the person. He's like, listen to this song. I'm telling you, a mile from my house, I heard that song, and he was like, Jesus sitting in the front seat with me. And it was basically, he wanted me. That was the truth that came across, and I just lost it. And I, God, if you're real, if you really exist and you really want me, change me right now. Because you created the world, you created everything we see. Surely you can change my heart. I want to change. What was, that was faith. And you're looking back and, and, and understanding theology and doctrine now, I see what it was. But at the time, it was just a screwed up man crying out for mercy. And, you know, nothing dramatic happened at that time. I felt like a storm had calmed. And the next morning when I woke up, y'all, I had a desire to read the Bible I had never had before. I am not, I don't want to speak bad about my university, I'm not some scholar. I went to play ball. <laughs> I studied, but I'm not somebody that reads a lot. But I woke up that morning, and I had to find a Bible. And I did not know where to read. I just opened it and started reading. And I was so nervous about going back. I had, you know, four or five roommates, and all of them, we were all the same, went out and partied. And I remember, God, I'm so scared. I, I got to get off. You know, when, I, when I'm done with Thanksgiving break, I got to go back. What am I going to do? And, you know, I was reading, and it was, I think it was Isaiah, is it 40 or 41, where it says, Fear not, I will be with you. And, I mean, just over a series of days and weeks, God spoke to me through his word. And my life was changed. The desire to do those things. All of a sudden, it wasn't hard anymore. There was a separation that occurred from the world. I did not want to be a part of that no more. God had given me something, and I was willing to go in this direction because I just didn't want to lose it. At that time, I didn't understand everything that was going on, but it was so precious, I didn't want to risk it. So I started making decisions to keep. what I didn't know exactly what had happened. Something had changed. I had been given a new heart, a new spirit, a new, a new life. And I had these new desires and it was just blowing my mind. I was doing the right thing for once in my life. It's crazy. And it starts with what we just read. But God. But God. Being rich in his mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us. God steps in. God steps in. God acts. Even though I have sinned. Even though I have offended Him. Even though you have offended Him. 
He judges the heart. He judges the mind. He judges the intentions of the heart. I had offended God. I had sinned against Him, my Creator. Why? Because I was a hijo de ira. Son of wrath. I was just doing what my nature was dictating. I was a, that's how I was born. That's why religion don't work. You ever heard the example, you know, you got a dead body down there, we don't embalm. We bury 24 hours. You got 24 hours. It doesn't know, do a lot of good when you throw a perfume on a dead body. It might smell good for a minute, but sooner or later it's going to stink again. That's what religion is. Don't play around in religion. Religion is the biggest lie on the planet. It sends more people to hell than drugs, alcohol. It's the most dangerous thing there is because it convinces somebody they're, they're fine. It convinces somebody, I'm good. Are you born again? Do you, has this happened to you? Can you tell me? You don't have to have the exact date, but can you tell me where everything changed? Where everything changed, where there was a heart transformation, something supernatural happened. You were going this way, and now you're going this way. Or does your life look exactly like the world? Do you desire to do the same thing that the world does? That's a bad sign. And I'm here this morning. I do, I do this in Mexico. I'm here to draw the line. Simply to draw a line. Because a religious spirit, they try to get away from that line, try to group everybody up in one big group. Well, we got Christians. We got on-fire Christians. We got half-on-fire Christians. No. Do you know how special being born again is? Some of you, I know a lot of you probably do. Look at this. John 3. I, you ain't got to go there. I'm going to read through them really quick. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. It doesn't say the old has stayed. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Colossians 3.1 If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. What does it say? If you have been raised with Christ. Have you, if you have left darkness and now are in the light. That's, that's the way the Bible talks about salvation. Darkness, light. Death, life. 1 John says, born of God. Ezekiel 36, I will sprinkle you with clean water, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness. From all your idols, I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart. This is what happened to me, y'all. And you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness, and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. This is amazing. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. When I got saved, I didn't need a pastor knocking on my door. I didn't need somebody always trying to persuade me. Man, I was looking for a church. I didn't know what denomination I was. Heck, some days I still don't know. <laughs> but I remember going through the phone book. 
And in those days, there was like 300 and something churches in Tuscaloosa. Lord knows what there is now. And I'm thinking, what am I, Baptist, Pentecostal, Methodist? Went to a Methodist church. I'll go, and I, and I, I looked up a Methodist church, didn't like it. Went down the street to another church. A girl called me up, said, whatever you do, don't go to this church. Another girl that I was dating called me up. Well, we need to go to that church. I'm like, well, I got to go check this church out. We went. It was like 50% black, 50% white, worshiping God in the same building. I was like, I'm going here. And that's where I started. Nobody had to convince me to go to church. I wanted to be around God's people. Nobody had to convince me to not go into situations where things could go wrong. I didn't want to go. Why? Because God's Spirit was in me. This is the point this morning. It's not us. The only thing I brought to the table was my sin. And when God transformed me and He put these new desires in my heart, that was what was leading me. I didn't want to do those things no more. And I, I was so amazed. I, I remember thinking, man, it, how come nobody really explained what this was? I had tons of people trying to get me in church over the years. But nobody had ever told me that was the way it was supposed to happen. That he is a God of power. He is a God that transforms the heart. He puts his very spirit in us, it says, and causes you to walk in my statutes. It's funny how we reverse that and say, you tell an unregenerated person, you gotta go, you got to keep these rules. They can't. It's just like when they told me, you don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be doing that. I, but I wanted to do it. My nature dictated that I do those things. But when I got saved, nobody really had to tell me no more not to drink. I didn't want to. Something had changed inside. And I didn't realize that it was slow, but a separation was now occurring from the world. I couldn't hang out with my old friends. Why? Because the stuff they talked about to me was boring. It was just boring. Oh, let's go drink. Let's go do this. Let's go do... Man, I want to go to church. I want to get around other Christians. I want to get around other like-minded people. And God and His grace put me in a church and surrounded me with friends. I lost every friend I had in two weeks. Not because I was mean. It's just we had different interests. And so it was a natural separation. But I wonder this morning how many are so ingrained in part of the world. And do I believe a Christian can do it? Yeah, absolutely. I just don't believe you can stay there. I believe there's got to be a separation somewhere. There's not a new religion that says we can be part of the world in that sense. We are to take the gospel to the world. We are to be a reflection of Christ to them. But we're not the same. <clears throat> Oil and water don't mix. It just don't. Um, verse 6, we'll continue. How, what time do y'all get out? Hmm, I'm not used to the... There's no clock. Yeah, there's a clock. We don't, we don't have time limits down there. I'll, I'll, I'll go as quiet, fast as I can. <laughs> oh, six, and raised us up with him. And I, I skipped one. I'm sorry, y'all. Hold on a second. Words are jumping again. All right, I'm just going to go straight to the... Is this what we're on right here? 
raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. He raises us up. He resurrects us. This is awesome right here. He, he lets us share an inheritance. Y'all, if you've been born again, and I wake up every morning and think about this, I've been forgiven, and God treats me as though I have never sinned. Oh, my goodness. I still can't get over that. It's hard to believe that sometimes. Now, if you want to know why we're in Mexico and, and do the thing, you know, go out and, and preach the gospel? It's because of this right here. God lets me participate in this message. God lets me participate going into these places that have never heard the gospel, that are in rank idolatry, that are alcoholics, that are drug addicts, that have no hope. You, you don't know the feeling of walking into a village in that kind of spiritual darkness, the sin, <clears throat> and I'm not, I don't want to talk about it this morning, but there's just sin out there, and some of you may know, that just, like, you scratch your head. But that's what happens when there's no gospel. And when God allows you to go in and sit at a table for hours on end and explain to a family, this is the gospel. And I'll never forget, it was one time I was preaching, and it was just one word, and I'll try to explain this. I, I kept on saying debt, sin debt, sin debt, sin debt. And he, God paid your debt. And, and a guy stopped me right there in mid-sentence and was like, did he pay our multa? Do you know what multa is? Um, Joshua? Multa? What is it? Fine? Penalty? Penalty. That's it. And I was like, Yes. And it's just like something clicked. Penalty, that means I've done something wrong. And, and he just, his, his, his eyes lit up. He says, even though I have offended God and I have a debt, I have a, a penalty, he paid it? <coughs> and it caused a conversation because down there the culture is, what do you do? What do I have to do to balance the scales of justice? What do I do? What does my religion dictate so that God will accept me? But when you preach the gospel, it's the only religion in the world that said God came down. He paid it. And now it's by faith. You just follow. You just trust Him. And when the gospel takes, foothold, it takes hold in a village to watch it go from family to family, and man, it is the most amazing thing. And you're just like, man, this is the most powerful, amazing message in the universe, and he lets me tell this. He, he lets me, allows me to be a part of this and participate. It is an amazing thing, y'all. He allows me to have an, an inheritance with him. <coughs> Can I have some water, please? So that in the coming ages, he might show his immeasurable riches of his grace. We're part of a bigger story. If we were talking in terms of a, a movie, we are the extras. Did y'all know that? Which is, is an awesome thing. We all, sometimes we put ourselves, thank you, in the middle as the main actor. We are the extras. So what's on display here? God's grace. God's grace. Even though we deserve wrath, even though we deserve hell, 
By His mercy and grace, He saves us. Verse 7, 8, sorry. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one will boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in Him. God has allowed us, and I'm so thankful this morning... You know, we've been down there for a while now. God prepared that beforehand. And now we're just simply walking in it. We're walking in what He's created us to do. We're walking in and doing things that I never thought in a million years that I would ever be doing. Um, learning another language and being in a different culture. I don't know why God chose me. I don't know why God chooses you to do certain things. I, I don't know. He just does. But what an incredible blessing to be able to go and, and, and work in the kingdom of God. Amen. To walk into these um, good works that he has prepared for us beforehand. It's an amazing, amazing thing. So back in 97, I got saved, found a church. My life was totally transformed. And that's what it's still about today, y'all. When we go into these places, um, all we do is preach the gospel. That's what everything is built on. Um, and God lets us do it. And you know, we have, uh, I think it's like 30, 35 works, churches that we visit. We're raising up people behind us that preach the same gospel. Uh, lots have a <clears throat> way more uh, powerful testimony than I do. Some... We have one guy that was in a cartel. We have several people that were drug addicts. Now they go into these places and preach the gospel and love on people, and it's just an amazing, amazing thing. So what I want to do, <clears throat> I hope I didn't go off, off over too much, but what I'd like to do, I'm going to leave it with Pastor Philip here in just a second, but I want to invite you this morning. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Um, maybe God's been working in your heart. He's been drawing you. Um, but it is time to surrender. Um, God has the power to change lives. And I, I mean, to this day, I have not recovered from what he's done in my life. And I am so glad. I am so glad he stepped in. I am so glad he drew me. I am so glad that we get to do what we do. And he and I, I just have to say, he did it all. He did it all, and I know he can do it for you too. Um, maybe you were raised in church. Maybe you just kind of assumed that you were saved or born again. Be careful. Be careful. The Bible has not changed. The Word of God has not changed. You must be born again. Has that happened in your life? Yes, it's going to look differently for everybody depending on where you are in life, but I tell you what, what is consistent, what is constant in all stories is you're, you were born a child of wrath and now God has transformed you and there should be a desire there for his word. There should be a desire to be around other believers. There should be a desire to put first the kingdom of God. You know, 
And I tell my kids this all the time. The first thing has to be the kingdom of God. Whatever you do in life, put you, put you first the kingdom of God. That's what the Bible says. Put it first. What The cause of Christ is that first and foremost. Do you even think about souls? Amen. <laughs> do you think about souls? Do you think, of what, God, what do I get to do? What, do you, what do you want me to do to further the kingdom of God? I invite you this morning. If there's somebody here that's not saved, please speak with somebody. If you want to talk to us, we'll be here. Um, or uh, Pastor Philip or, or anybody else here in the church. Please talk to somebody. Because it's his desire to save. And again, thank y'all. Uh, thank y'all very much for having us. We were, it's such a blessing we got to come and see everybody and, and, and see the church and, and what you guys are doing here. It's really exciting. And we wanted to come personally Thank y'all and, and thank y'all for everything that y'all do for us. So I'll go ahead and leave it with you, Pastor. Thank y'all.